Hi everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host, Alexandra Rain. As the title suggests, we are going to be talking about what happens on the first Monday of May, which is, if you didn't already know, the Met Gala. I was with my friend Gretchen earlier and <laughs> we were going on a walk and I was like, how are you feeling about Monday? Like, how are you feeling for the Met? As if we were going. I'm like, no, we will fully be observing from the comfort of our own homes, but the Met Gala has been a point of fascination, at the very least entertainment for me for several years, as I feel like for the general public. Um, and today we'll be going over the history of the Met, how it began, what it's escalated to, but I saw a post, actually, the timing worked out quite well, on HF Confess, which is a um, high fashion account, as the title suggests, that people can send in their confessions. And somebody said, I feel like the Met Gala has become overrated, not because they've invited influencers to one year, but because they're clearly trying too hard to be cool and exclusive and have been for a while. And the comments, I like the discussion happening in the comments. One person said, I agree with Tom for Tom. Okay. Yikes. I agree with Tom Ford. Sorry. In my defense, it's quite late when I'm recording this. I know who Tom Ford is. <laughs> I know how to pronounce his name. Just had a slip up. Anyways, nonetheless, the comment says, I agree with Tom Ford. The Met Gala used to be chic and feel special. Now it's just turned into a circus of celebrities trying to get more attention. It doesn't feel significant anymore. Sad emoji. Another person said it would be cool if they invited fashionable A-list celebrities because they had fashion sense, not just because they're famous. And then another person said it would be cool if the guests actually followed the theme, but it's all about sponsorships. Like Anna Wintour, who only wears Chanel. Anna, don't come from my throat, please. I'm reading another comment. These are not my words. The comment continues, it's like you already know what 80% of them will wear based on their contracts. And then another person said, so I'm just truly reading all these comments, but I feel like it's a good, I, I, it feels relevant, obviously. Um, another person said, I love the Met Gala. This is the only event where celebrities can wear crazy creations, not just basic gowns. And then to that same vein, another person commented, honestly, the world became so boring that the Met is one of those things that evokes a false sense of hope of people dressing right. Like it's something so stupid, but makes us part of that world for a night. And I kind of agree more with those last two. Um, I love, like, again, I think the Met just at least invites the possibility of not even pulling a look, but like really making a statement. Like Lady Gaga, for example, in the, um, I believe it was 2019 camp. Yeah, it definitely was. Was it? Mm, was it 20? No, it was definitely 2019. Anyways, Camp Met Gala and her whole like red carpet moment with the umbrella and like the big pink gown and then all the unlayering of it. Like that was exciting and you wouldn't see that at say the Oscars or the Grammys because obviously the occasion is different. Like so much of the Met is, the purpose is dressing up and um, I like it. As for the commentary with... Um, like inviting influencers, I understand it from like a 
business but also cultural standpoint like to appeal to younger audiences and to remain relevant in that way and it's interesting though relevant in the sense of like yeah cultural impact I suppose and and we'll get into all of this and like the cultural significance of the Met but I'm really excited to see all the looks I'm recording this Saturday night (laughs) the episode will come out tomorrow and Sunday and I'm excited to see what happens all on Monday um another TikTok I saw because I feel like everyone's gearing up towards the Met at least on my feeds um somebody posted a TikTok that was like oh my gosh all the men's like Met Gala looks just got leaked and then it was just like plain suits that we've seen over and over and over again that give absolutely nothing but without further ado that's the current conversation on the Met but we're going to be going back a little bit to the history of it but um I decided to title this, and I don't think I'll get copyrighted, I mean I shouldn't, um, the title The First Monday of May because that's actually the title of a documentary that gives an unprecedented look at the behind the scenes of the Met. It documented the 2015 Met Gala, which the theme was China Through the Looking Glass, and released in 2016. Um, I love the documentary, I love seeing the behind the scenes, it, um, I feel like was one of the first like pieces of media that sounds for me like it it was the first thing that really made me like care about the Met and um I mean like prior to 2016 I was I think too young and obviously not (laughs) in the New York socialite scene to really be invested in the Met Gala in the same way that I am now and then I feel like it also wasn't until 2018 which was possibly my favorite theme it was the year of heavenly bodies fashion and the catholic imagination that the met gala moved from a niche event to something that i cared about and that i also feel like deep like i genuinely cared about and like i'm excited to see and also i feel like something that the general public cared about um and i feel like now like the met gala has really centered itself and pop culture relevancy and what I mean because obviously the Met Gala has always held importance is that (laughs) it's become somewhat memified um which I don't know if that's I think I made up that word I probably didn't but what I mean by that is saying memified is saying like oh that's camp in response to literally anything if you've been on TikTok for more than five minutes you've either seen in the comment section somebody commenting oh that's camp or like this is so camp like you've if you've been on social media you know what I'm talking about um but that wasn't like camp wasn't a part of like people's vocabulary or like social media vernacular until you know prior to the 2019 Met Gala and the 2019 Met Gala theme was camp notes on fashion and it's funny because when that theme first was announced, I remember being confused and I remember people who like actual fashion journalists like Hot Mode on YouTube who I like love and I'm also so intimidated by him, but people who actually know what they're talking about were kind of like, this will be interesting to see how this actually plays out. And I feel like people were confused from what I remember. But anyways... 2019 the 2019 met gala going back to the memification was also the year that james charles attended which he got absolutely dragged through the mud for that i mean you've you've seen the clips what's the audio that's like you've seen the i never mind nonetheless i digress um and i also feel like youtubers who aren't like who don't like make 
content centered around fashion started making reaction videos to the Met Gala outfits which happened around or from what I've seen like people like Cody Ko didn't start making those videos until 2017 2018 and then you know people who made just like again not anything related to fashion or really have not to say that they don't care about fashion but you know are making a totally different kind of content and videos started doing reaction videos to the Met, much how like people do like reaction videos to Coachella or the Oscars, Oscars, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Um, but my opinion on this isn't entirely unfounded because Architectural Digest stated over the years, the Met Gala red carpet has become an event rival to the Oscars. Guests aren't just making an entrance, they're putting on a show. AD also said the event has gone from an annual fundraiser attended by the fashion industry and New York society to a cultural phenomenon attracting global attention. So grab your pens, grab your notebooks, because today we're going to be um, proper model students and learn about the most important event of the year for New York's high society. The Met Gala, once you clear away the celebrity and commodity and cultural relevance, is a major fundraising event for the Mets Costume Institute. And I'll be honest, I don't think I knew that <laughs> until like the first few years I like cared about the Met. Like when the Heavenly Bodies one, like I did not know it was a fundraising event. I was just like, oh, fun. Like this is cool. Like I, I, I didn't realize it actually had a higher purpose other than red carpet or the looks, for example. Um, but so anyways, the event is an opening celebration of the Institute's annual fashion exhibit. The Met Gala is just an evening, but obviously the actual exhibit is showcased for several months after. So you could see what all of these celebrities are seeing ahead of time or after the fact, I mean. Um, so from my understanding, brief history on the Costume Institute, they officially became a part of the Met in 1946. Um, the genesis of it is due to Elaine Bernstein and Irene Lewison, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Elaine was a stage designer and Irene was a producer, a film producer. The two women saw the need for an archive of com- costumes because they witnessed the peak of American theater in 1920. So Irene, <laughs> I think I need to really pronounce their names. Irene and Elaine sound so similar, but Irene, who was the um, producer, was the film producer, passed away in 1946, so she never attended a gala, but Aline, who was the costume designer, passed away in 1955, so I'm assuming that she was included on the guest list when the Met Gala began happening. So the Costume Institute, as I said, was in the Met in 1946, but the the first Met Gala wasn't held until 1948. Um, if you recall, if you're if you've been here from the beginning, or if you've gone back and listened to old episodes, the first episode I did was called New York Fashion Week. Thanks, Eleanor. It was a reflection on my first Fashion Week, um, but more so like talking about the history of Fashion Week. And it was as we learned in that episode, and as we'll talk about here, um, Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, really exists because of Eleanor Lambert, who is an absolute genius. Um, and like I said, I titled that episode New York Fashion Week, Thanks Eleanor. And this episode could alternatively be called The Met Gala, Thanks Eleanor. Eleanor Lambert was 
brilliant. <laughs> like, I wish I could have had dinner with her, truly. She was a fashion publicist and CFDA founder. And if you don't know what the CFDA is, you've definitely, you've seen the pictures. You've seen the pictures of Zendaya in, I believe it was Vera Wang, the beautiful red dress. And she won the CDFA's award for, um, like youngest, she was the youngest fashion icon, I think, to ever receive the award. But let me look up what CDA, it's the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And I'm pretty sure if my memory recalls on Project Runway, like newer seasons, I think part of the prize is like the CDFA, like some of the members will either like consult you or you get paid, they give you money. I can't remember. Anyways, the CDFA is important and it's because of Eleanor Lambert. Remember that name. She's very important. Um, anyways, Lambert also launched the Costume Institute Benefit. This event was the origin of the gala, but the Costume Institute Benefit didn't quite look like the Met Gala we know today, obviously, because the names were even different. But more so, the event was held in December and wasn't even at the Met. Tickets were only $50 to attend. Um, they It was like a December midnight supper, and which supper just feels so, <laughs> like makes me think of the Bible. It's just, I just, that word is so funny to me, supper. Anyways, the December midnight suppers were held at venues such as the Waldorf. I'm going to absolutely butcher how you pronounce this. Astoria, I think is how you say it. Again, I'm not perfect. I'm just learning you guys, hence the name, model student. Um, it was also held at places like Central Park and the Rainbow Room until 1971. So in the 70s, so let me do a quick math on that, like about 20 years after the fact, um, after its origin was really when the evolution began. In 1973, former Vogue editor-in-chief Diana Furland, I believe, <laughs> every time I say a name, I'm not sure if I always say, I believe. Like, I think that's how you pronounce it. We'll just call her Diana because I feel like I could be on a first name basis with her. Moving past that. Um, so Diana was editor-in-chief and in 1973, she became um, a part of the Costume Institute team as a consultant. She was quite a woman. I'm pretty sure she's passed away. Like, I don't think she's still alive, but... Again, I wish I could have had dinner with her. Um, she was known for her extravagant spending at Vogue, and she pulled out all the stops. She would even, and I love this so much, appropriately, like, have appropriately themed perfume pumped into the galleries, which, if we're going to talk about camp, that's camp, point blank. Um, so prior to Diana, also, this is her brilliance prior to Diana there weren't really any themes and she kind of introduced the themes like the idea of having a theme for the night so her themes included the world of Balenciaga that was her very first theme other themes included a romantic and glorious Hollywood design and Vanity Fair and to me like the theme of the Met Gala is what separates it from the Oscars the Grammys or any other red carpet event and again, I think invites so much more creativity or at least the possibility of creativity for the designers and their invited guests. I, I love it. I love when people actually are on theme and do what they need to do. It's incredible. Um, like, okay, so 
all in all, like, I just, anyways, I, yeah, I don't, I can't, I'm like, just going on it, I could talk forever about how exciting it is to see, like, a truly extravagant and, like, listen, I love a well-tailored dress, I love a gown, I love a slick back look, like, there's a time and a place for that, I love seeing the, like, in the true sense of the word, like, extraordinary designs and what these designers are capable of and their guests wearing them. For me, again, going back to this, the theme of the Met Gala creates excitement and buzz. And as just as I said, as it creates more creativity, it also creates more opportunity for commentary and public discourse. Like you can only really talk about a black dress at say another red carpet event for so long but you could talk about like people still talk about Met Gala looks like I, I couldn't tell you what people wore in the Oscars in 2018 but I could tell you what people wore at the Met in 2018 my favorite look being Zendaya in the, her Joan of Arc look take a moment and look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about um anyways the whole point of the themes is that uh, every theme that is chosen for the event portrays a period of fashion bringing back the trends but also setting trends so in the late 70s, 1978, pop culture was embraced at the gala, and this can be credited to settle, to socialite, I just said satellite, not satellite, to socialite Pat Buckley. Um, in 1978, Pat Buckley became chairwoman. So Pat, dear old Patty, was really what brought the influence and power of celebrity to the gala. She invited co-chairs like um, Jackie Kennedy, Diana Ross, Elton John, Andy Warhol, and Cher, just to name a few. So this is like, I feel, again, I don't know, I wasn't even alive during the 70s. I feel like kind of like today how some people are like, influencers are at the Met, like this is so lame, they don't deserve to be there. I wonder if there was similar commentary when people like, Andy Warhol started being invited, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it was prior to, like, a really exclusive, like, um, gala. And so I, I wonder if there was that same kind of pushback. Um, because an influencers now, for better or for worse, are not at the center of pop culture, but they're, they're definitely in the circle of pop culture. They definitely have a lot of influence on it. And in case you're wondering my opinion on the matter, I love that Emma Chamberlain was at the last Met. I think she was the most brilliant person to do the red carpet interviews. I really liked her look as well. Um, I I think it was smart to have her there. I really do. I think it's just about who you pick. You know what I mean? To be there. Anyway, so away from now, going all the way back to 1988, Anna Wintour became editor-in-chief at Vogue, but she didn't host the Met Gala until 1995. And it wasn't until 1999 that Wintour took over as chairman person for the event. So if you, like the documentary that I mentioned at the beginning, the first Monday of May, um, it really like shows her at work and like all of the details, like moving um, like the seating chart for the dinner like okay let's place her here because of this and him here because of this and like okay this table is good and this like it's it is incredible seeing Anna at work 
Anna Wintour. I, I don't feel like I'm on a first name basis with her. I have to do the full Anna Wintour. Anyways, um, so she was the one who continued with the evolution of the Met. She moved the event to the first Monday of May and the event continued to evolve to, quote, reflecting the boundary pushing stars of fashion, entertainment, and politics that grace the pages of Vogue. But I thought this was so interesting. Despite its variety of guests, no one under the age of 18 can attend. Unless, of course, you're a nepotism babe, then all right of passage. Um, so in 2018, the Hollywood Report announced uh, the new age restriction for the event for the Met that you couldn't be 18 unless, of course, you were a minor attending with your parent. Again, the nepotism babes, we got to love them. Um, so other changes that happened under Wintour. So we see, we, we've all seen the pictures. We've all seen like the red carpet looks, they crank out, but the inside of it, with the exception of the first Monday of May documentary, we really don't know what goes on inside the Met other than, and like, I think Rihanna performed at the 2015 Met Gala, I want to say, because I think I remember seeing that in the documentary. And then, of course, we've all seen like the Met Gala bathroom pictures, which are so iconic. But in 2015, so actually the same, and I wonder if they did this because of the documentary. Now that I'm thinking about it, it makes sense. Because 2015, that was the year that they filmed the Met Gala, and then the doc got released in 2016. But it was in 2015 that the Met Ball instituted a social media band. Although, like I said, of course, selfies, especially the bathroom ones, always slip out. So I thought that was interesting. I guess I feel like I see so much at the Met when really I don't. I just see the red carpet looks. Um, and yeah, guests are forbidden from using social media. Obviously, though, Vogue is not. Um, in 2016, the magazine debuted an Instagram portrait studio as a part of the design event where a celebrity guest can go and pose. So they still get their content. And then also, if you recall, <laughs> from the beginning of the Met, ticket prices were only $50 and high thanks to inflammation. And, oh my gosh, infl inflation. I said that the other day. I was talking to somebody about the economy. And I was like, yeah, inflammation. I was like, that, that's wrong. And I sound stupid. It's inflation. You have to understand. This is a thing for me. I get like common sayings mixed up and it's embarrassing it's I'm like trying to think of ones off the top of my head that I've said wrong I said one wrong yesterday I think what was it, it was like at time is of the essence but I said I can't remember it doesn't matter point is I make slip-ups I make slip-ups and I made a really embarrassing one then back to the point <laughs> Ticket prices used to be $50 because of inflation, not inflammation, because of inflation or but thanks to inflation, ticket prices have now gone up to 35000 per person. In 1990, okay, so let's get the timeline right. In 1948, they were only $50. In Twin or in nineteen ninety five they were a thousand dollars, and then the tickets have now now gone up to thirty five thousand per person. 
But here's the thing, there's obviously, like, a lot of influences that go into that, like, inflation being, like, the main one, obviously, like, everything has gotten more expensive, yada, yada, yada. I'm not an e-com person, I'm not gonna pretend I am, that's just, it's not me. Listen to, like, a finance podcast if that's what you want, but here's the thing I forget (laughs) about the Met is it's a fundraising event. So, it was reported in 2013 that they raised $9 million that goes to from what I understand, the Costume Institute, and then I think from there probably maybe goes like designers, or I'm not sure how the money is um, redistributed, but I'm sure you could find statements on that maybe. Anyways, but then in 2014, they raised um, $12 million, and I'm not sure what, like they raised in 2019, or it's like going towards a good cause, which again, I, I forget because in the spectacle of the Met, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, we're doing this for the red carpet. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're doing this for the Costume Institute of the Met Museum. Anyways, so, and also just like another little money <laughs> fact is fashion houses and brands will spend up to 300000 on tables and um, to invite guests. But Anna Wintour gets the final stay on the guest list. So again, 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 cannot recommend watching the first Monday of May documentary because it go it's like probably the most intimate thing that we'll ever see of the Met um like at like actually like really prepping for the Met on like a business level because I know Vogue recently has done like get ready with Kendall Jenner for the Met and like Emma Chamberlain's Met Gala vlog is a work of art made me emotional I'm not afraid to say it like at the end when the music is over and there's just clips of her interviewing everyone watch it it's beautiful but anyways the first Monday of May doc is like I don't think we'll ever see anything as inside as that as far as like like Anna's Wintour <laughs> see I can't just say her name first name it feels weird Anna Wintour um is like going over the guest list and like saying like not them yes this I want to rewatch it I think I'm going to by the time you're listening to this I'll have watched it already Um, because I haven't seen it in like several years but anyways that's the rundown on Met um quick timeline timelines really help me kind of like comprehend everything so um the Costume Institute began in 1946 at the Met Museum and you can see the exhibits after the fact after the Met Gala and then in 1948 was when the first Met Gala began in the early 70s, um, it went from Eleanor Lambert being in charge to our Queen Diana, who was a big spender and knew what she had to do. It was also Diana who, again, introduced the themes. And then in the 90s, that was when Anna Wintour became editor-in-chief of Vogue. And it wasn't until 1995, or no, 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 1999, that um, Anna Wintour took over as chairperson for the event. And the rest is history, baby. The rest is history. I'm so excited for this year to see what everyone does. I will go on record and say I am disappointed that Zendaya won't be there and that we won't see what her and Luxury Law have worked on. But I digress. Blake Lively is hosting the event or like is a co-chair for it. And I'm really excited. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is too, which absolute king. I am a Lin-Manuel Miranda stand, and I will go on record to say that. Um, but the theme for this year is Gilded Glamour, which I'll be honest, I haven't done 
like a ton of proper reading into prior hand like I remember going into the camp one the camp one going into the camp um Met Gala I had like read at least an article about it and had watched a few commentary videos trying to understand for last year's theme that happened in fall because of covid the like lexicon of american fashion i didn't read about i don't know like i loved that timmy showed up in sweatpants and converse though and then like had a nice like tux top on top like that you know and i feel like a lot of people like had stars and glitter and it was good like it it, it was good again i'm watching from the comfort of my house i can't be too judgmental um but I'm excited to see this one especially because I feel like with and I know obviously Vogue is not doing it because of Bridgerton like they did not pick the theme because of (laughs) Bridgerton but the theme is did I even say it's Gilded Glamour I think I said it anyways but I think it I think it's smart that or I think Gilded Glamour is I do think it's smart because like from a consumer point of view so many people have been talking about like Bridgerton and I feel like Renaissance period pieces are not that they ever really left but like like Emma for example that had um who was in that anyways can't remember didn't actually see it but that was another like Renaissance piece and then Elle Fanning was in I want to say The Great which again also didn't watch but I feel like it's like I feel like everyone is head over heels for the second season of Bridgerton like Gretchen hi if you're listening has literally watched it like a gazillion times um so I think it'll connect more to the general public again I don't think that's why they chose the theme I actually don't know what the process of choosing the theme is but obviously they know what they're doing um I'm excited to see I again I haven't read much about the theme but I kind of do want to go into it blind I'll probably read like a snippet about it. No, actually, this is going to be my strategy for the Met, if everyone was wondering. I am going to not, like, I have a general concept of what Gilded Glamour is. Like, I feel like that's pretty straightforward. Whereas, like, with camp, I was like, huh? But now I'm like, yeah, that's camp. Like, you get it once you get it. But with Gilded Glamour, I feel like it's straightforward enough that I kind of just want to go into the red not going to buy watch the red carpet like unfold and then go back and like really read an analysis of the theme and then kind of do like um see how that changes my perception of the looks so that's the game plan um I know you were all dying to know but anyways thank you for listening to another episode of model student I'm gonna do the classic podcaster line if you are listening and I see listening, I see my analytics, and the reviews are not matching up with the analytics. If you would please leave a review, hell, it just has to be honest. I'm not even asking for a five star, I'm just asking for an honest review. Um, That would be oh so lovely, I would appreciate you oh so much, and give you a golden star. That's your assignment. Your assignment is to leave a review, and you'll get five golden stars on your report. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. I hope you are all having a lovely week and I will talk to you soon. Love you. Take care.